I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, the reviews are in for the last podcast that we did, which was about a week or two ago. Um, First of all, welcome back to the Canes Country podcast. This is Justin Leap on the intro, not Brett Finger. He let me take it, so that's kind of nice. How you, how you doing, Brett? I'm all right. I feel pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I have a headache, but not, not um, good. You know, I, I don't think it's because of anything the Hurricanes did, which is good, which is refreshing. It's, it's yes, good. absolutely. But the reviews are in on our last podcast, and we touched on a, a pretty big subject last time, which was the Sebastian Ajo offer sheet and it getting resolved and, and whatnot. Uh, but we received some comments that I think you and I should go over. Um, okay. So let, I'm just going to read a little snippet of this because it's a little long. We don't need to get all to it. Um, the, it's a, the, the comment starts, I don't know these commentators, but the first commentator who seems aggravated that Ajo signed the offer sheet seems to be completely naive. The second commentator's observations are 100% spot on. I agree with that part. Brett, I think that was who, a good comment. Who do you believe is commentator one and who's commentator two in this instance? Well, um, if we if we go back in, in the Wayback Machine uh, about a week and a half ago, um, you can see who commented first and who commented second. And <laughs> totally unrelated, I think it's a good comment. I think I think it's I think he's right. Wow. So yeah, you were the first Yikes. commenter. You were you I mean you were you were upset about it and that's fine. I mean um I understood where you were coming from. I just think I I may have been misunderstood, but nevertheless what's a, po- what's a podcast for if not for you know <laughs> things taken out of context. Being misunderstood. Oh you know what? That's that's fine. That's what that's what keeps things interesting. Yeah. But we're going to keep moving. And it was a surprisingly busy week and a half. Um, And all right, let's just jump right into it. Uh, The Checkers, big news. Um, They decided to promote assistant coach Ryan Orsovsky. He will now be their head coach. And at just 31 years old, which will make him the youngest since, I believe, 2000. In one, I think it's one or something like that. Yeah, it's I believe it was so one. It's been a while since there's a head coach that young. Um, he prior was prioritizing defense. Um, he worked a little bit with the forwards, but not as much. Um, that was kind of Alucci's responsibility. So um, a little bit of an adjustment for the checkers. Uh, Brett, what are your thoughts on this deal? Um, I mean. I mean, you're going to know a lot more about uh, that situation than I do, obviously, um, since you've been you've been close to them o- over the last few years. But um, you know, it, it's the age is definitely the the thing that stands out a lot. But that's not it's not a bad thing. I I don't think that you know p- putting a young guy in in that role. I think that's totally fine, especially given how young that team is and how young that team is going to be. Um, 
these guys know Warsawski well. Um, and it looks like Volucci uh, had all the confidence in the world in him. So I, it's it's not, I mean, you, you won a Calder Cup, you lost a head coach. That's un, really unfortunate, um, in my opinion. But uh, to, to keep a guy like Warsawski around, and obviously a guy who is young, but he's had a lot of coaching experience at, at lower levels, and um, he's had success. And he had success with that team last year. So I think, uh, I think it's cool. I, I'm, I'm good for it. It'll be interesting to see how the staff around him pans out. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. They kind of just ran with a one, two punch last year for the most part, uh, mm-hmm. between Orsovsky and Volucci, but they didn't really need much more than that. Um, but I, I wonder, yeah, if there, there's a, you know, an experienced veteran coach maybe that, is added to his staff. Um, He said, but, you know, at his opening comments, he said that he learned a lot from Bellucci. And, you know, he is just 31 years old, but he has been in a head coach position before uh, with the South Carolina Stingrays or the ECHL, uh, the Washington Capitals affiliate, I believe. Um, And I guess it's not so much that I'm nervous about the actual coach himself. I think Wasowski's perfectly capable i think it's just really turned into how this roster has shaken up big time since they lifted the cup um you know i think i think a lot of teams sometimes go through reshapes a little bit but this has been pretty much completely almost wiped out uh including losing their top scorer uh and you know a a coach that really got to them so what do you think about some of these players gone. Yeah. And they're captains. So there's going to be a new captain named, uh, by that time. If you asked me who to place that bet on, I have no idea. I would have said Carrick, but he's still, um, I believe unsigned. Correct. I believe that he's a qualified RFA. He'll, yeah, he's a, he, he should be back in some form. It's just not official yet. Yeah. I, I think if I'm a betting man, I'd say maybe Carrick. Um, I thought it was, maybe going to be Robertson. He's been around there for a while. It doesn't have to be one of the big names, meaning like, you know, uh, yeah, I think Robertson uh, a Gautier or something Germany like that. Germany or something. He Sounds did. Boring. He did. So, um, yeah, if I had to bet, it would probably be Carrick, but I don't know. Yeah. It, it, being without a captain as well. So what are your thoughts on some of the, the roster turnover here? Uh, I mean, it kind of sucks to see. Uh, I think, with with how young that team is and will be, I think you know some structure around there would have been good. You know, keeping Volucci around, um, keeping the leadership around. I I just I think that you know a guy like Podorowski, a guy like um, Shulky, who who's gone, who's a young player who played well. Um, Jericho's gone. Uh, he got an NHL deal with Edmonton. That's good for him. Uh, 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 Connor Brown. That that's unfortunate. Would like to see you know the captain stick around. You know, uh, there's a lot going on there, and those guys in particular, I don't think we're ever going to get a fair chance in in Carolina at an NHL level, and. Um, so for that reason, they, they move on to new organizations and, and you wish them the best, but it would have been nice to keep them around. Um, obviously, uh, 
it wouldn't be nearly as bad, I don't think, if it was just uh, some lesser, you know, impact players. Um, obviously, you know, the young guys will be around. Uh, it's, this team is going to get even younger. And, and they won last year, which is which is promising. And, you know, they, they've learned how to win together, and that's important. It, would be, it just would have been nice to see some of the leadership and the structure stay together from last year to this year. But that's uh, ultimately not what happened, so... Yeah, um, I think losing some of the players they lost in the back end is going to be interesting. Um, you know, they filled that role. Renov, uh, Robertson, those are yeah, important pieces. Yeah, they, you know, it's not you don't live and die by them, but they they definitely filled the needs uh, that the checkers had, especially Didier. I mean, he 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 had some pretty strong stretches of play and. Robertson wasn't somebody that was going to light up the, the score sheet by any measure, but I mean, he he kind of played that old school style of hockey where it's just, you know, hit, hit, hit. But um, what was interesting about Didier was um, he stuck around for a really long time in training camp, NHL camp last year, if if we're thinking back to that. Um, it was it was him and Kashkovsky who had a very brief stint in Charlotte. That's a name. Um, <laughs> that was an interesting situation, too. But both of those Checker's guys, name drops for 1,000, yeah, Alex. Yeah, really. That's that's going to be a crazy name drop in a few years, if we can remember. Um, but, yeah, Kashkovsky and Didier were two guys that stuck around in Kane's camp, and, you know, uh, shockingly, honestly. But, um, obviously, Didier had a much bigger impact on the organization than Kashkovsky did. But, you know... It, like you said, I mean that these are depth pieces and these are veteran pieces that you uh, you don't like to lose, but them's the breaks. And you know they signed, uh, they brought Shepard back, who came up I think halfway through the year and was around a lot through the end of the year. Um, they signed Alex Lintoniemi, who was a former second round pick of LA. Uh, he's a good defenseman. I think he's going to be great for Charlotte. I think that's a that's a big add for them at the AHL level. Um, Hunter Shinkaruk, who, who we'll see, you know, former first round pick, I believe former first round pick, former big time producer in the Western hockey league. He's had some good AHL years. He's coming off a bad one. Um, so yeah, there's, 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 I think there's still a lot of questions there. I think the, yeah, the Yurko was the, a great addition when it came to the deadline. I mean, I, I think he really put them over the edge. Um, it seemed inevitable that he was going to be gone. But I think the big loss here is still Podorowski. Um, obviously, going to Anaheim, they just need to, to fill some roster spots right now because it seems all but inevitable that they are – I guess they're rebuilding. I don't, they have players in their prime that are good, but they, they good they're, players. they're pretty bad still. I don't know. They're, they're kind of all over the I, place. I think I'm higher on Anaheim's young – players really you are i think we've talked about that before well like sam Steele or sam Steele, max comptois troy terry um you know i still know john gibson uh to to hurricanes hasn't happened yet yeah yeah (laughs) don't think it's gonna happen they don't have the cap room for it anymore yeah yeah but speaking of cap room the hurricanes used some of that to sign ryan zingle two years 3.375 million AAV. Um, so this one is really interesting. It was more of a, a bargain bin kind of uh, 
you know, search here. He is coming off a career high in both goals and assists and points. So you thought he probably would have cashed out a little bit higher. And I, I think maybe that was his aspirations, but maybe there weren't enough teams calling or there just wasn't enough cap space to, to take a chance on a player like that. So he signs a relatively, you know, win-win situation deal here, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, only 27 years old, uh, fills a good wing spot, can fit in anywhere in that middle middle six role just about. You probably want him on the second line, if we're being honest. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, the price went down and, and the Canes jumped on an opportunity like this. So, so what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a move that that makes sense. It was kind of one that came out of nowhere. Um, he's kind of interesting in that he's a seventh round pick. He you know he's a late bloomer. He he's he's definitely come a long way, and I think there's some doubt as to how good he is. Like it, like is he gonna put up another twenty five goal year? That's I think there's some people who think that that will be the most he'll ever get, but. Um, you know, I, he's kind of, he, he reminds me of Nino Niederreiter in that he is a high shooting percentage guy and he's, he can be a high shot volume guy and, and can just put the puck in the back of the net where he differs from Niederreiter is, uh, the, the defensive game isn't quite there. The, the advanced numbers aren't anywhere near what Niederreiter is. Obviously Niederreiter is an established top six guy. Um, no doubt about it. I think Dezingle's more in that middle six role, like you said. Um, he, he's a great skater. He's very skilled. He, he has a nose for the net. Um, he, he's very, you know, he's shown that he can he can be a real offensive contributor. And I, I think two years makes a lot of sense for Carolina. I think uh, 3.375 is the AAV. It's, it, it makes sense there. Um for Carolina to an extent and you know it's just it's another piece offensively that makes sense for Carolina um and I think we're this this is a guy we talked about the trade deadline too from Ottawa um as as a guy who was going to be a pending UFA who could bring some scoring punch so I'm definitely happy with it 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 makes a lot of sense I think this kind of addition really helps out especially if justin williams does not come back which we'll talk about in a second but um it it also just kind of gives a little bit of leeway for some of the younger players like svechnikov and yeah if if nate just does come up you know it just it 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 adds to the depth this team has i think in my opinion this is probably the deepest this team has been since probably the 0809 team if even if even since the cup team i mean it's they're just they're pretty stacked from the bottom. I think. I think. Um, you know, goaltending. I. St- I still worry about Morazic a little bit. I. I think he had an amazing year last year. I, I, it's just going to be tough to repeat it. So um, I'm hoping the goaltending holds up. But uh, overall, I mean, like this is probably the balance, most balanced this offense has been in a long time. Um, and the the fact that they're pr- still all pretty young, for the most part. It's really, really good. So that kind of keeps that core together. Um, plus, you know, you still have some talent that's going to keep seeping in. I mean, just like getting Suzuki late in the um, first round. I mean, you're going to see him in maybe two years. So I think it's really exciting when you go out and sign a player like this who seems like he wants to be a part of what they're building. And, yeah. you know, 
it's it's just a really complimentary piece that can really go a long way in some stretches. If you know players like Aho or Tara Vinen are going through a a slow stretch, you can have a guy like Dzingo step up. So, yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of this deal. Yeah, I, I I am too. It's 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 he's a guy that can play up and down the lineup a little bit. He can play in the top six and get some legitimate minutes and spurts because he's able to put the puck in the net and he's shown that and you know just just the speed and his his game it fits well with what Rob Brindamore wants to do he's a hard worker he he just he fits well it's it's a good piece to have I mean you go out and you add a 25 goal scorer I mean that's a pretty significant add I don't know if he's gonna put up that total again but um having a guy who's who has scored goals in this league and is you know the type of player that can stick around and and be a good player in this league i think those those are valuable additions and to do it on the cheap is is something that makes a lot of sense um so yeah definitely something that that that's good and something to be excited about it's it's a really good addition for a team that's fresh off that playoff year and you know just adding you know, you're not being complacent. You're looking to get better where you can. Um, and then there was some other in-house stuff. Uh, so a bunch of re-signings. Fleury got his one-year, one-way deal. Um, we can talk about that a little bit. Um, Clark Bishop and Gustav Forsling signed two-way deals. Um, and then right before the arbitration hearing for Brock McGinn, McGinn gets a two-year, $2.1 million AAV deal. Uh, I think that's right around where we thought McGinn would probably be, um, a little bit above Martinook, um, but really close in that ballpark. So, just I guess Justin, uh, do you have any thoughts on just all of the the depth signings? Well, I think huh, this might be a little bit on edge, but I think this is the do or die year for Flurry. Oh um, uh, no, I agree. I, I think this is it. I mean, With this Bean is kind of tail. It's time. Yeah, I, I I do also believe that. Yeah, with Bean coming up and um, possibility of some others stepping up, I just feel like this is this is it. This is your your. <laughs> I hate to almost compare him to Ryan Murphy, but it almost seems like it's it's kind of this you know history repeating itself where they draft a you know a defenseman higher in the first round and it just like you gave him the opportunities and it's just. It's just not enough wow factor. It's just he's there, you know. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think and they're very different defensemen, of course. But, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's the same situation where you're kind of you. At at some point, you can't wait anymore. Yeah. No. I I, I agree. I agree. Um, it, it's tough. I think when when they acquired Hamilton last year, it it really kind of pushed him down. And he, he, I think he knew his role was going to instantly be diminished because obviously, you know, Hamilton is amazing. But, um, and too. yeah, and adding DeHaan, too. So, okay, DeHaan's out now, but you you still have to, I think, kind of step up and prove yourself here. So, um, I really think this is a big year for him. So, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a one way deal. So, he's getting guaranteed money this year. And look, it, I like Hayden Fleury. He's he's a nice guy. He's a you know he's a good locker room guy. He's um, he's he's a team player. He's in, in but at some point you're a seventh overall pick and you got to show some progression here. So if this this is this is it. This is a one year deal to 
prove if you can be a I mean, they're not going to ask him to be a top four defenseman. They're going to ask him to be an NHL caliber defenseman who can hold his own in the defensive zone, take penalty killing um, time and, and do well in that role. Um, almost like a Calvin DeHaan light, I think would be a perfect situation um, or a perfect outcome for Carolina. Just, just to know what you have in him, because I know we've talked about Bean, but Jesper Selgren was really good for Charlotte in the playoffs after he came over from Sweden, and he's going to be a full-time guy next year. I mean, he's a he's a guy to look out for. Um, he kind of fits that, you know, low-drafted European defenseman who makes his way up and, you know, is, is proves quickly that he was uh, overlooked a lot, uh, that that's what he looks like. And then you had Gustav Forsling as well, who's kind of – you know he's a young defenseman like Flurry, who isn't overly flashy, but he's expected to be a, a quality two-way guy. Um, obviously, I think Flurry has a lot more ability in him than Forsling. We'll see, but um, there's there's competition for Flurry, and if he doesn't come through, it's it's not going to be a long shot to see other guys come up, and you know this this is it for him. So. I'm definitely rooting for him. I think he's definitely capable of being a guy that, that can play in the NHL, but, you know, this is no longer the Ron Francis, Bill Peters, we're building years. We're, we're at the point where you gotta you got to play. you got to be successful staying in the lineup. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are going to pause right here for a mid-roll ad. Uh, we'll see you on the other side of it. This is the Canes Country Podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome back to the Kings Country Podcast. Hope that advertisement was outstanding. Probably wasn't, sure but anyways. Was. I'm sure it yes, was great. Yes. No, it was, say that. No, they're no, no. Great. Advertisements, they're advertisers are great wow. for the Kings Country Podcast. Wow. Yeah, they're all great. Thanks. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, kind of the big news that had happened since the last time we spoke uh, was Michael Furland heading over to Vancouver. He finally gets the deal, not that he was looking for uh, he signed a four-year, $3.5 million AAV on his deal. Um, yeah, Brett, this one kind of took me by surprise a little bit. Um, I think the early rumor at the early part of the season after he was thriving was five years, five mil per. Uh, he doesn't get the five years he wants, and he definitely didn't get the five mil per uh, that he also wanted as well. Um, Vancouver in a kind of strange position right now. They're, they've got a bunch of good young talent, but then they have some eh, contracts as well. Uh, adding Tyler Myers and now Furland. They got Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel. I mean, it's just, eh, it's a little weird. But then, you know, you got guys like Pedersen and Besser and Horvat and, and Hughes and all that stuff. So, uh, Quinn Hughes, by the way. Um, and yeah, what what are your thoughts on this deal and and kind of how this whole Furland situation shook out? 
Yeah, I think I think the story of it is is definitely interesting, uh, more interesting than the deal because I think the deal is fair. I, I do. Um, Ferlin, when Ferlin's healthy, he's worth three and a half million dollars. I mean, we saw that um, when when he's playing his game, he's easily that, if not more. Um, the thing with Carolina though was, if I mean, if this is what Ferlin asked for during the season, halfway through the year, Carolina was signed into that in a heartbeat. That's just not what he wanted. When at that point, his representation, you know, I mean, Ferlin what 35 games in he had 15 goals or whatever it was or you know he was really productive early in the year with Sebastian Ajo and the fans loved him because he fought and stood up for players and and hit a lot of people and and did all that stuff that fans love and you know his his asks were nothing close to this I mean he wanted upwards of six or seven years and he wanted upwards of six or seven million dollars like those were the numbers that his camp wanted and carolina justifiably so said that's ridiculous and really for that reason um they there were never really contract negotiations between the hurricanes and Furlan because of how ridiculous the asks were from Furlan's camp and as the season went on and his body deteriorated a little bit as his play um it, it just reached a point to, to where Carolina, I mean, there there was really no reason for them to dip back into those waters because his representation was asking for so much and it just didn't make sense. So they reached a point where the Hurricanes and Furlan just, they, they like the Hurricanes were done with them at, at, at a certain point. And, you know, it's hard to say I blame them because especially late in the year when he was in and out of the lineup and stuff, that's when Carolina played their best hockey. And it's hard when Nino Niederreiter comes in and just really, it just, it really pushed Furlan out of the top six. Um, he was good uh, in, in a depth role at times. At times he disappeared. And that's just kind of how Furlan is. Um, so this was a really interesting thing to watch. It, again, if, if, Ferlin asked for that deal four by three or three and a half by four midway through the year that he would be a hurricane still but that's not how it went down and eventually they had to get realistic in free agency and you know he got a he got a good deal I mean three and a half million a year is is good for him he has some some security there with four years um so I'm, I'm happy for him he he's worked very hard to reach this point and to get an actual contract that's you know legitimate like he did um, and I think he's going to be a good fit in Vancouver. Yeah, I, I think there's no problem with the fit there. Uh, he has played with top-end talent. He did in Calgary. He did in Carolina on the first line, but when you know he wasn't injured. So yeah, um, I, mean, I think when you when you take him away from the top, you know, when you take him away from Aho, what is he? And the reality is just that he's a lot less than that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, how do you? Anticipate this roster shaking up. What What is your ideal opening night lineup kind of look like? And is Justin Williams on it? Is Martin Natchez on it? Uh, how does the defense shake up? And who is Morazic's backup? Yeah, I, I yeah I add this to the run now. It's 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 interesting just looking at it because isn't it, it's just you were talking about earlier how how much deeper the team is this year or it, now compared to where they have been. 
it's even it's it's difficult to even look at the forward group and you know you see Aho and Teravine and, and Niederreiter, Dzingel, Haula, Svechnikov, uh, Stahl, McGinn, Martinuk, Fogel, Walmark. I mean that's eleven or twelve forwards right there. Then if Williams comes back, I mean they're gonna hold a spot for him. So I mean he'll have a spot and you wonder what where where Natchez plays. So I, I don't know if I necessarily know what it's going to look like because I think there is a very legitimate possibility that things look different in a few weeks or in a month from now, um, especially up front and potentially in goal. I think the defense is pretty much settled. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, you, you can probably speak to Nadelkovich a little bit better than I have or, or I can, but... Um, He's interesting, too, because when you look at the cap space as well, um, it wouldn't be ridiculous to see Reimer get moved out because he has a big cap hit, and if they're close to the cap ceiling, then it might have to be Nadelkovich. Yeah, I I think, you know, I think Reimer would be the ideal backup for Mrazek, but as you alluded to, yeah, the cap space situation makes it really hard, and I think the Marlowe cap hit kind of you know it's nice that they got the first round pick out of it but as this roster has continued to shape and you know the uh you know at the at the time they took it on they had 16 million space you know it was not much to worry about but now that they you know started to re-sign guys it didn't it doesn't look as good um for sure so and, and the thing another thing is montreal did carolina a favor with the yeah. yahoo that that cap yeah. hit is really good and it's kind of where Caroline needed it to be. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, it, it's at a reasonable hit. They can't complain about it for sure. Then you're looking at even more issues there Mm -hmm. than it being at 8.475 or whatever. Yeah. And you go from one of the teams that had the most cap space to one of the least. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wonder if Reimer gets moved out. Uh, I can see it. Or how they finagle it. Um, I wonder. This is something that hasn't been talked about lately. I wonder if Justin Falk is still on this team come opening night. Um, they mentioned contract negotiations before that they had entered him. You know, starting to try to work at it, but he's going into a UFA year. Um, I don't. I don't think there's any reason he should be moved. I like. I actually have changed my tune on him. I believe that he belongs on this team, that he should be a part of this team, that he's a good fit for this team. Um, in the right role. In the right role, of course. Um, but I I don't see how they would move him during the season, and I doubt they would want to let him walk for nothing. Yeah. So I, I wonder if that's another way to clear up space is if that happens. Um, I don't know what you would you know get in return because – you know, you know, Falk for Ehlers obviously sounds great and all, but then when the, you know, I, I believe he's entering his third year. So then he's going to go into some contract stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I wonder if that's another way to move it. You have some depth there. You can go with TVR Flurry on the back end and maybe add Bean to the second pairing or, you know, move up Flurry or TVR and then have Bean on that third pairing. So, um, yeah, I, I wonder if Falk is still on that opening night roster. What do you think? 
Um, I think so. So the thing they Don Waddell and the Canes brass talked to Falk's representation in Vancouver. Um, those talks didn't go very far. Um, I think Falk's camp views him as a much more valuable defenseman than the Hurricanes probably do. And if you're the Hurricanes, it's hard to you know it's hard to <laughs> agree that he's worth all that money because you look at. Brett Pesci is an objectively, categorically better defenseman, and he's getting just over $4 million for the next five years. Like, that's an that's a absolutely ridiculous deal. Um, Jacob Slavin's getting 5.3 AAV through the next six years, and Slavin is one of the best defensemen in hockey. Hamilton, I mean, he scored really damn near 20 goals last season. Um and he's getting less than six. So it's you can't make Falk the highest-paid defenseman on the team, and I think that's what Falk's camp wanted. Um, you just you can't you can't justify that because it, I'm I'm I like Falk. I I do. I I don't enjoy the role that he has been put into at times. Um, and I think the the bigger the role he gets, the more his mistakes get magnified. And with this defense, I don't think it's necessary to put him in that big role. Um, I think he's the fourth best defenseman on this team. And that's, I mean, he's a top four defenseman. He's an NHL top four guy. I, I have no quarrel with that. Um, but he needs to be viewed as the fourth best defenseman on the team because he is and he can't be you know over slide over Hamilton or Pesci or whatever um but yeah it'll be interesting to see where that goes because right now it doesn't sound like they're very close on negotiations um it's you know Waddell said that he's totally okay with entering next year with an expiring defenseman like Falk um and after you trade to Han I think it's tough to then trade Falk as well. So I, I think he sticks around. It'll be interesting to see where the negotiations go. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot about, we're going to learn a lot about the future of this decor in the next year or two, because I can't envision both, both of Hamilton and Falk being around beyond this upcoming year. Very interesting for sure. But moving on to the forwards, um, I'm, I'm going to ramble off some lines and you tell me what you think your lines would be. So, first line. I think Teravinen, Nino, nah, uh, Teravinen, Aho at center. And let's go with Svechnikov on the wing. So there's your three on your on your first line. On the second line, Stahl, Nino Niederreiter, Justin Williams, and then third line, Halla. Dezingle and Fogel. And then Walmark, McGinn, and Marnock. I, I, now, I left out a big name there, the one that I, I have said that makes the jump. I think if Williams does not come back, Nate just makes the jump right away. If he doesn't, then I think he comes up during an injury point. Other than that, it's kind of tight. So what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, Fogel can be a guy that can be moved up and down, but he proved that he belongs last year. I like Fogel, yeah. So does Walmart. I mean, Walmart proved that he belonged as well, at least in a bottom six role. 
So how do you see Martin Natchez fitting into this team, and, and what do your lines look like? Uh, I, um, if Williams comes back, I think Natchez probably has to start the year in Charlotte unless a guy like Megan gets moves or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and that's okay, you know? I mean, he's only 20. Um, however, if, if we're at this point next season and we're still talking about Natchez not having a spot, then something has to, something has to change. I think we're getting, I think he's ready. I, I think he's been ready. I, I don't think he was put in a good position last year. Um, but I think he's ready or damn damn close and i think he's going to be a top nine forward right away and i think he's going to be a top six forward long term and a big power play guy so with the additions of howla and and dezingle it's tough to see natchez on the roster to start the year so that's going to be really interesting to see um i think he's ready again i think he's ready um Williams, Which, we'll see. I'm sorry. I guess you feel like Natchez would be – this would be the best year for Natchez to make the jump because with the addition of Dezingle and Halla, it kind of takes a little bit less pressure off Natchez. The yeah, Natchez can kind of just go but, out there. I think Svechnikov was kind of – there was a lot more pressure on him to perform because he was a second overall pick, because he made the jump right away. Um, well, Natchez could just kind of slide in there and do his thing. Yeah, and – I, I agree with that. I, I think this is a very ideal time for Natchez to, to slide in because I think Sveshnikov is going to, I don't know if he's going to surprise people, but he's going to take a significant step forward, I think. I mean, he's, if you watched him down the stretch last year and in the postseason, I mean, come on. I mean, this he's going to be something special. And I think people forget that sometimes, just how good he's going to be. But yeah. He, I mean, he's something else. Um, yeah, I think it makes sense for him to slide in here, and it's just it, where's the spot for him? Um, if Williams doesn't come back, then then there is probably a spot. But if Williams comes back, and and I hope he does, um, I really do. I think they need him. Um, then I, I it's tough because you're gonna have to make a trade to open up a spot for Natchez. Um, and and you know if if you're talking about how good you're going to be this year, then that's a great thing. I mean, they have so much forward depth right now. And if they didn't have forward depth, I mean, you could easily just throw an HS in, in the top six and just, you know, it, and that would be that. But they've added so much, and it's going to be a, a fight there to see who makes the roster. I think Nature's is going to be given an opportunity to do so, but uh, it's it's – not going to be easy you know if he if he earns a spot out of training camp that's how you know he's really 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 ready if this roster stays the way it is yeah um i uh, it just makes it so tough but i mean it, it helps charlotte out if nature's is back down there oh man um, I mean, if, if, I mean, it's if a he, big difference if he, maker if he plays in charlotte from the start next year i mean goodness he's gonna i wouldn't be surprised if he's their leading scorer i, I think he will be i think he's going to be probably one of the best scorers in the entire league down there but doesn't it feel very nice to be able to say that this team has more depth 
I think we can remember, or at least as long as we've done sure, this podcast. Yeah. I mean, we've we've been like, Ugh, maybe we can put Main Align in there, which is still another yeah. name. Yeah, that's still another that is unsigned. So, yeah, there's some problems. In a, this, but mean, in a good position, you're this, in a good. This team yeah. is in a an excellent position right now. Yeah, but elsewhere around the league, um, Truba with the big deal with the Rangers, seven years, eight million per season. Um, what are your thoughts on this? You had some some strong words, maybe safe to say. No, I I don't know if I have strong words. It was just, I guess that's just how much Jacob Trubas are going for now. Which I mean, it I, I'm not surprised that he got this deal. This is probably around what I thought he'd get. Um, but what's amazing is that Trubas getting eight million a year for seven years, and for the next five years, Slavin and Pesci are getting 9.3 a year combined. So for 1.3 million more-ish per year, the Hurricanes are getting Slavin and Pesci. And, you know, for 8 million, New York's getting Truba. That's just, that's not, that's not an indictment on the Rangers or Truba or his value, but just an absolutely... It's amazing how Pesci and Slavin are on the deals that they are. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's it's amazing. Those deals Absolutely. are remarkably, remarkably valuable. Yeah, I, I, the value of those, and as well the Tara Vinen one as well, yeah. are just yeah, unbelievable. Um, some other RFA situations, big names like Miko Ranton and Mitchell Marner and Matthew Kachuk are all still on sign. I'm going to call him Mitchell. He wants to be treated like a man. I, I saw something <laughs> about that, and I was like, I, I don't know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, so those three big names. Um, how long do you expect them to last? And does yeah, does this kind of give you a sigh of relief about Aho a little bit? Um, I mean, I want to know what you think about that because uh, you were you were uh, commenter number one. <laughs> Yeah, I was coming um, to it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it looks like these things are going to last a long time. And I guess part of it, you know, part of me is like, all right, I mean, it's good to have this done with Aho. I mean, to just have it done and not have to worry about it in September. I mean, could you imagine if we were in September, close to October, and Aho wasn't signed? That yeah. would be, wow, that would, I mean, that would be a way bigger ordeal than the offer sheet thing was. I think. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, part of that, you know, part of part of me is happy that's out of the way. Obviously, I mean, we talked about how we feel about that. And neither of us are particularly happy about how that one went. But. No. No. Um, yeah, I guess this kind of gives me – I mean, I can't deny how great the contract is. Five years, $8 million per was kind of like the best situation. Um, so – I think it kind of gives you a sigh of relief. Now, for teams like Calgary, which also just made a big deal that we'll talk about, um, and, you know, the Toronto, just them being so close up against the cap, it's just a, some really tough situations. Um, I I still think probably Kachuk and Rantanen get solved before Marner does, uh, just because of the way that 
Marner and his camp are kind of playing hardball and with the cap situation in Toronto, it kind of makes it a little bit more difficult. He should be highly paid. There is no doubt about that. He is going to be a guy that probably consistently gets them up to 90 points. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He's phenomenal. He's a, I'm not going to say he's better than Austin Matthews, but there, there's, there's points to be made on both ends for sure there. They're two, um, they're two world-class players. Yeah, and, and Toronto's very lucky to have them. And, of course, they want to do everything in their power to retain them, but there's just some, now, you know. Now, now, here's this. If we go back to 2015, um, or no, that was, that was, yeah, that was 2015, Mike Babcock so badly wanted Noah Hannafin. And if yeah. Noah Hannafin had been picked, the Canes could have Mitchell, Mitchell Marner. Marner Mitchell hurt. Marner. Can you imagine Mitch Marner on Sebastian Ajo's wing? Could with, you imagine that with Tavo Terra? Let's just let's just take a second. In number five, number five you get Marner. Number thirty-five you get Ajo. Could you imagine the the absolute like that 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 would have to be one of the best drafts in, in the NHL history in, and well that, and, that would be the best in Hurricanes history but like one of the best drafts in a very very long time in the NHL if the Hurricanes ended up with Marner and Ajo uh, just insane and then you could trade away Jeff Skinner for scraps and you wouldn't yeah. have to worry about it <laughs> oh my gosh yeah um yeah oh my gosh Can you imagine yeah Marner on with Ajo is Ooh, Ridiculous. It's the stuff that our dreams are made of. But uh, last little topic we'll touch on is the weird, weird deal that went down yesterday. Milan Lucic is headed to the Calgary Flames in exchange for James Neal. And there's a conditional third somewhere in there that Neal has to hit, I believe, 21 goals or something weird like that. And But Lucic also has to score 10 less than him. I believe Neil has, Neil has it's to get a, it's the weirdest condition goals. I think I've heard. Yeah, Neil has to score 21 goals or more and he has to have at least 10 more goals than Lucic. So, with that in mind, Bill Peters, Milan Lucic is Lucic now a first-line winger. <laughs> oh man. Johnny but, Goudreau, yeah. Sean Monahan and Milan Lucic. That'll be a line at some point. It has to be. Um, it has to be. Whether it's on the power play or something. Oh, my God. You know Bill Peters is going to overuse him. I can guarantee you after, that. After, I mean, it would just be perfect after he pretty much, he did to Jeff, or he did to James Neal what he did to Jeff Skinner to an extent. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think, I think you know, the narrative of, uh, you know, a fresh start, a new new area, new location kind of gives, you know, the player a little bit of a jolt. I've been guilty of that narrative before. Uh, don't see that happening here. But I yeah. think Bill Peters will believe it, and I think he'll overuse him, and yeah. Calgary will suffer as a result. I, I, well, I think Edmonton won the trade because, I mean, James Neal, he had one bad year. He's, you know, and he hasn't had the total lack of success that Lucic has had. So I think Edmonton wins the deal if there is a winner. I, I don't know if there's even a winner of this trade. It's just a trade of two bad contracts. Um, I think the most interesting part of it is, look, the, the Jeff Skinner thing happened in Carolina with Bill Peters. And, I mean, it, hap- it looks like it happened again with James Neal. So... 
I think there's, you know, I think that adds to the whole Bill Peters, Jeff Skinner thing, because I think it legitimizes it a little bit because it looks like it just happened again where they didn't see eye to eye. And they, you know, James Neal was very much uh, not put in a six in a place where he could succeed at, at times in in Calgary. I remember on opening night, Calgary was playing and James Neal was on the third line and um, on Sportsnet, they were they were ripping Bill Peters about how um, it's ridiculous how he's not using James Neal in a better role because he just signed that big contract. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that's a podcast. I do. I think so too. I think so. Uh, we will probably take a two week break here. Uh, I know in the past we have not been very open about that we just kind of disappeared um but we're probably gonna take a two-week break uh you know we're hitting the dog days of summer here getting into august um yeah, and things when if things happen we'll make an episode yeah um, if we'll, not, we'll, we'll, we'll wait we'll, a couple weeks and yeah we'll we'll make an appearance we're not gonna go completely off the grid uh yeah. but um of course you can always follow our stuff at canescountry.com you can also follow canes country on twitter like us on Facebook as well as follow Kane's Country Picks. That's P I X on Instagram. You can follow me at Lanky Lape on Twitter, and you can follow Brett at Brett underscore Finger on Twitter. Um, this podcast has been, you know, we we a lot of times we have a rowdy kind of loud podcast. This has been a very it's been subdued. Quiet. This, has, this been, has been subdued. You know, I have a headache. Um, you know, we're just we're just you know having very relaxed conversation, and this was a nice change of pace. Yeah, no, it was it was relaxed. I, I like we we don't always have to say that John Gibson will be traded to the Hurricanes <laughs> or that Sebastian Ajo did this regarding a uh, offer Ajo sheet. Is yeah is out. Um, we don't have to always say that Greg McKay won't come back next year. We don't have to get crazy yep. like that. We don't. We don't. Week. We can we can add some balance and some some civil conversation to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. Thanks as always for listening. We'll see you guys in a few weeks, maybe two, maybe three. We won't do it too long, but we'll we'll take a little break here. So enjoy enjoy your summer and goodbye. Goodbye. All right. There we go.